Hi, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth McGuire. And, and this, this is, is Talking, Talking Lion. Lion. Talking Lion is an artist-to-artist interview podcast where we talk to our friends about life, music, and everything in between. Most of the time, we're artists ourselves, a duo called Sleeping Lion. But we started this podcast to dive deeper into what it means to be an artist and creative. If you're a fan of us, our podcast, or our community, feel free to join our Discord at sleepinglionmusic.com slash discord. Now on with the show. We recorded this episode with our new friend, Sadie Jean. We connected with Sadie through Instagram DMs after seeing that we had a bunch of mutual friends, but this was the first time we got a chance to meet in person. We recorded this shortly following the release of her debut single, What Are You Doing Now?, which had a super viral open verse challenge on TikTok. Queen of the wooden spoons, Sadie is incredibly sweet and has been skyrocketing from her first song. We hope you enjoy this episode. So, without further ado, I'm Sadie Jean and this is Talking Lion. Well, hey. Hey. <laughs> nice to meet you. I know. It's, yeah. I'm so nice excited well. for this. <laughs> yeah. I always just find like the internet parasocial thing so bizarre because I do oh, feel I like I have just met you and hung out with you due to the I internet. I know. It's uh, really weird. Yeah. Well, it's, that's the nature of TikTok is like, you know, we're all watching these things in our houses, like in yeah. our rooms and spaces, you know? So yeah. you've been here. You know, I, we've been, in, you know, in your yeah. house and ever, but nobody's ever met each other. You know? Yeah, it's um, crazy. Actually. Super weird. Yeah. yeah. I was listening to the Dissect episode of uh, with Bo Burnham. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and him talking about this sort of breakdown of stages mm. and performers and audience like that. Mm. We're now through our phones, like we're all performers and we're all yeah. audiences and we're all every room is like a stage, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of pressure all of a sudden. For sure. And you, you know, you're a little younger than us. Like you kind of just came into this. Like you came into this world. Like it wasn't like there was another way of doing things Mm -hmm. and you've been having to adapt to it. Like you started making music in this TikTok world, in this performance, social media world. Like what has that experience been like? Yeah, I mean, it's, pretty interesting i've always written songs but i guess as soon you're right like as soon as it became a career for me it was like social media was like necessary but i also didn't i wasn't really in the industry at all i'd had like a handful of sessions before my song like kind of happened so i think i was just like it's weird how it can just happen in a second and now i like know people and like people know me and i'm like I don't know what I'm doing still and I don't know anything. And I just like, as soon as it happened, I was like, oh my God, this is not something you can plan for at all. And I didn't. And I still don't know what I'm doing at all. But you were you were, uh, you were saying um, that this was the first podcast. Yeah. You know, which... Which, which is exciting. Wild. Welcome yeah. to podcasting. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to this I show. Know, everything is like my first everything right now. Mm-hmm. Listen, I mean, for what it's worth, you know, this is, you know, in the hundredth, like, like hundred plus podcast episode, whatever. I, we still, I still have no idea yeah. how to do this. You know, I was listening to a friend yeah. of ours podcast the other day. I'm like, oh God, like, it's just better. Like, it's just, <laughs> there are things I still don't know how to do or things no. I think I know how to do and could be yeah. doing differently. You know? I think that makes it more exciting though. Like I had a show. I'm also, that's a new thing for me. It's like performing. I'm, I've always been very scared of sharing my music with anyone. I feel like. And so I had my second show in New York like two weeks ago and I messed up like 
a good amount you of time. You should. Yeah. And I was so upset about it and like kind of just beating myself up, even though everyone was like, we didn't notice that. Right. <laughs> no, if, if somebody wanted to hear the song perfectly, they would go, they would listen to your music. And you stream it. Like, exactly. I feel like the reason we see live shows is for the sort of human element of. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the things that we were getting frustrated with our live shows. We played 200 plus shows oh, in our sick. career. That's crazy. And but we were playing so much to tracks that we couldn't mess up. Mm. It's short of forgetting. Or if we messed up, the entire song would go away because it was to tracks. Yeah. And like there was not much live happening. Yeah. Well, it's not it fun because then yeah. we're just troubleshooting on yeah. stage. Yeah. It's, just, it's like a, doing a math problem on stage rather than yeah. playing music. So, so we like changed our live show so that we could just like maybe get a little sloppy with it, get a little like, you know, that it's not perfect, but that's, you don't yeah. come from, you know, perfect. But I also, I've never met an artist who, uh, I, I think one of the major takeaways from the Billie Eilish documentary is like, she came off her Coachella set, not the most recent one, but the one a couple of years ago, like mm-hmm. in the era of when we all fall asleep. She came out of that show because she like messed up a lyric and bad guy just thinking like, wow, I did such a horrible job mm-hmm. of performing for these people. And that was, mm-hmm. I mean, I know people who were at that show. I know people who like obsessed over watching the live stream of that show for, for years and it became like this kind of Bible of live performance to a lot of people. It was very inspirational. But for the performer herself, she was yeah. like, I did terribly at that show. I felt horrible about the way yeah. I performed. And like if someone at that level with that much of an impact, with that much perceived perfection and that much perceived polish still feels like they don't know what they're doing, like then no one ever does. You never yeah. will. No one's ever going to hit a point where you perfectly feel like you're performing at a flawless True. level. But that your first brain, show yeah. Feels... I mean, the first show, the first, yeah. I mean, yeah, the first time, I remember the first couple of times, like, something went wrong in a show of ours. I took it so hard. Yeah. Like, I had such a hard time it's with so that. I beat myself up. To. I, like, really spun out. And, like, we did a Berkeley orientation show where Noah said fuck on, on stage, stage. Really? in front of a bunch of parents. Parents. <laughs> I, like, didn't know how to process these emotions because it was, like, so, like, oh, I, no. I had this, like, this pathological need for like things to go well and they yeah. very often didn't and then yeah. after many many times of doing that I feel like I've become like the zen master of like whatever happens yeah. happens <laughs> I don't care That's how the, the show goes I anymore I was a punk band so everything always went wrong because yeah. some asshole would spill beer on your amp and you didn't have an amp that night right? and so you're yeah. just clapping your hands having a good time <laughs> for the best you know like yeah. it's just you know it's just the nature of the game yeah. but I think people pay for the privilege of being in your presence yeah. That's what live show is, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, it was totally fun to just be like, oops. And then everyone's <laughs> like, ha ha. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think because like that's the thing. When when you go to a show and you're looking up at a performer and they like, even if they do mess up, like visibly and noticeably, I feel like nine times out of ten you find that really endearing. It's human exactly, because you're like, yeah. oh, like you're just a person. You're like it connects you to the performer even more. Yeah. No, it's so true. And it's I mean, it's all perspective. And like as soon as I realized that it's not a big deal at all and no one remembers except for me. I was like, oh, that was an awesome show and like I can go have fun. But if I would have let myself like keep thinking about it, I definitely would have like spiraled and like been so mad at myself. But it's like not worth it. Well, it's also just so like wildly like body shaking sometimes Mm -hmm. to go from being an audience member your whole life Mm. to being the perceived one. It's so weird. Nothing like... And I think artists particularly feel, and maybe I'm speaking on from a place of male privilege on the one hand, and also speaking from not necessarily being on social media throughout mm. my career, but I feel like oftentimes I feel like a brain in a jar, mm. you know, that like, 
I'm not perceived or whatever. It's more just like what, what's happening in my head. Yeah. We're writing, we're making things, whatever. Yeah. When you're on stage, you're being so perceived. It's so scary. But of course, being on TikTok. That's why I have trouble <laughs> making TikToks. So, you know, yeah. I have not thought about, I mean, I look like this. I have not. <laughs> and I have a podcast. People are like, have you thought about doing a video podcast? I'm like, yes, it would never happen. Because I would never shoot it. Because then yeah. I'd suddenly be thinking like, is this shirt right? Mm-hmm. You'd have to like mess with the uh, lighting yeah. in the studio. So, and then, yeah, oh, it's so annoying. Not even worried about production value. Uh-huh. I'm talking about just my physical yeah, being. How you're being perceived. Yeah. For sure. No, it's so weird. And like TikTok sucks for that reason. I, I'll i go through like a long time of I just can't make a video. I can't do it. I can't mm-hmm. do it. And the only way that I can get back into it is if I just like pretend like the only people that will see it are like my two friends. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. that's kind of... I mean, when I was first posting videos, like the only people that were seeing it were my two friends and it was fun. And that's kind of what worked. So to all of a sudden be like, no, I have to cater to all these all my these demographic and like blah, blah, blah. It's like, what? That's not I've real. I've leaned into the skid. I'm like, if I can look the messiest ever. Yeah. Then, well, then- I, was, I went downstairs. I got these new like studio lights uh, that I've been playing around with for like filming TikToks and stuff. And I went downstairs to do a camera test to see like what's a good angle to like film a piano performance. And I tried a bunch of different angles and I was trying a bunch of different lighting. And I was like, let me just look at the uh, the numb little bug viral video just to get a reference point. And then I was like, oh, it's nothing. It's not yeah. like <laughs> you can't see your hands. It's just her face. The lighting is terrible. The background isn't yeah. interesting. And she wrote the, the, an incredible fucking song. Yeah, it's yeah. just and yeah. the song carries it, and it's just Good like song. I'm clearly overthinking this, like with yeah. all the lights and the cameras and this like Bo Burnham inside level of like I gotta get yeah. it right. Like it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, TikTok can reward that, and it does at times, but I feel like you have to either commit to the high production quality or have it be the most lo-fi thing in the world, mm-hmm. and it's the middle ground that kills you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of my most viral videos are just like me rolled out of bed yeah. and like. Honestly, the best TikToks for me come when I'm like procrastinating other things. Yeah. I think yeah, I think for me, that's kind of what music has always been is like when I was in mm. high school and I like, didn't want to do my homework, like right. that's when I would write the best songs. And like when I am just like have a lot of things going on and you just want to make fun videos because you don't want to do your other things. Right. Those are the best videos. I think if you put too much thought into it, it's not fun. And yeah. people can tell if your videos aren't like bringing you joy. Yeah. Well, I think it comes from the creative process as well. I think that a lot of artists like you, like M, are approaching TikTok from the point of view of, hey, I just sort of started writing this thing or I'm in the middle of writing this mm-hmm. thing or like I liked this thing, but maybe a collaborator would make it better or an mm-hmm. open verse or something like that. And then they're bringing TikTok into the creative process. Whereas yeah. I think that like for, you know, somebody like us, we finished writing these songs two years ago. Mm. So we can't show excitement for the song unless it's fake. Yeah. You know, because we were excited about it then. Similarly, like we're our own producers. So yeah. oftentimes you have these artists who are hearing their mixes for the first time, hearing mm-hmm. the production for the first time. Yeah. And that is a very special experience. I know it because yeah. I get to sort of get it from Noah. Yeah. I, I've almost never had that experience. Yeah. Because, because... <laughs> You got it when you heard uh, like a residue out of it or something like that. Yeah. But that was probably the closest I've ever come to hearing like my own music from an outside perspective. Otherwise, I'm like in I'm in the He's doing it. So you can't be surprised. Yeah. Which is also really cool, though. Yeah. It's it's got its own pros (laughs) for sure. I'm a huge fan of it. There's a reason I kind of chose it as a life path. That's sick. You're not not the mercy of anybody, but you also, you know, in in a world where like people can smell performance. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's tough to fake. 
there was something interesting. We were, you know, talking about the TikTok algorithm and what it rewards and doesn't. Mm-hmm. I don't, I forget what the animal was, but um, there was an experiment done, like, I want to say in the 70s or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to butcher all of this science. So everybody listening, <laughs> anybody who actually knows the details of this, you know, the one person from NASA who yeah. uh, listens to this, uh, you know, the science, I don't know 100% the details. Sure. But it basically, to paraphrase it, um, there was this experiment done. Um, I want to say with birds. I think it's like an analog to the sort of TikTok world. Because you'll say, oh, somebody's like, oh, this works or that works or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they had like a bunch of birds, right? And mm-hmm. I'm going to say they're birds. I don't know if they were birds, but let's say they were birds. <laughs> birds work. And they would open up like a tray of food at random intervals. Mm-hmm. You know, no regular sort of like just at random times, food would be available mm-hmm. to the birds. All of the birds started to come up with these really elaborate rituals for what they believed mm was what was causing the food. Right. Mm. Because it started by, you know, they Whoa. would like they would peck a button. Okay, maybe I'm fucking up the science, but <laughs> I think it was that they pecked a button and the food arrived. Okay. And then on top of that, at random intervals, food would just arrive. Okay. And so they associated, oh, if I do this, food arrives. But then whatever they were doing when the food arrived became their kind of elaborate ritual. Right. Some found, Whoa. I believe, like a communal ritual where if three of the birds did a similar thing at the same time, put their wings up or something like that. They believed that was how the food came and everything like that. But you can see the analog in religion, technology, algorithms, et cetera. Right. Where it's like, we believe that if you do this thing or that thing, it's Mm going to happen just because one person happened to... Yeah. Yeah, we're like hardwired to find patterns and stuff like that, even when it literally makes no sense. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and as soon as that one thing starts working, it's like not working anymore. I mean, yeah. I'm sure you've seen an onslaught of uh, of other of other spoon people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is sick. Yeah, you know, and that's that's the thing yeah. is like I, you know, art breeds more art, but also it's it's everybody kind of trying to do the ritual. Yeah, know? yeah. No, true. I remember a, a, a friend of mine once called the music industry. It's like every so. This is a horrible metaphor. Like it's like <laughs> oh, it's such, such an awful image, but there's there's some truth to it that it's like every so often in the music industry a whale dies and sinks to the bottom of the ocean. And then like bottom feeders go and start picking apart the whale carcass until there's nothing left. And then a new whale dies and flips and sinks Who to the bottom that? of the ocean. I love that and Whoa. hate that. Yeah, it was Eric. It was Eric. <laughs> oh yeah, that makes sense. That tracks. Whoa. Wow. It's, a, it's a, such a bleak image, but it's it's one that has very much stayed with me of just, because I mean, there's a million different ways you could slice that, but it's like something works and then there's, all the stuff that saturation follows. Saturation and then... And saturation yeah. and, and... That's crazy and like people just analogy. Like, you know, picking at something, like picking at the thing that worked until they've... But that's, that's, I think, what we really appreciate about you. There's something to be said about somebody like you or somebody like Stacy, who I, I believe Stacy also had like an open verse do well and, and that kind of thing. Also mm-hmm. similar collaborators yeah. and friends. But, yeah. you know, she was more on the jazz side, yeah. more on the sad totally. side. Like, yeah. But you guys still had an earnestness and like the energy that you're putting yeah. out. That was very, I think, unique to the platform, but also unique to you guys mm-hmm. in that like sincerity. You know, yeah. if that makes any kind no, of sense. No, that's so true. Yeah, I genuinely like was so excited about the song when I was like <laughs> boasting about it. And yeah, I, you definitely can't recreate like excitement or anything. And I love, I love that other people are doing it. I love Stacy's song and like, it's so cool to see it. Like you're saying, like work for other people, but in like the same way and in like different ways. Yeah. It's really fun. Well, you guys are building a community around. Yeah. Um, well, I, I love it. it's what makes the app so unique. 
a community around collaboration, mm -hmm. literally mm -hmm. around duetting. Yeah. Like, that's so cool. I know. It really actually, I all the time will just, I'll go through days or like weeks where I forget that anything, any of this has happened, like any of the open verse or any of the, I forget I even have a song out like all the time. <laughs> and um, it's just like crazy when I do remember, or, like when I go on the app and like another duet to my song comes up, I'm like, what is, what? Like, that's <laughs> me. That's my song. Like they're singing to it. And it's hard when you're like on the app all the time to realize how special it is. So it's like, I definitely like to step away and then step back in and be like, this is so sick that people like are being creative to something I created. And it's, yeah. Well, it's nice it's that you crazy. also are able to create that space between the two yeah, as I mean, well. I definitely wasn't for a while. And then I got like burnt out and the pressure got to me and I was freaked out. And so now I just like, and also it was affecting like my songwriting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, what am I going to write about? Like, open verse challenge like right yeah, exactly. <laughs> i need to go like live my life and like not also, i mean when you have a first song do that well like do you feel a kind of pressure oh for about, sure like whatever's next or, yeah you know? for sure and like i didn't think about that i mean I didn't, yeah i didn't see any of this coming but you're you, like i wasn't thinking about it till you it, said it yeah, yeah. <laughs> no 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 i really i think about it all the time of like less so now but the first i don't know like two months or Whatever, since the song was out, I'm like, what am I supposed to do now? Like, mm -hmm. what, and, what do you Yeah, do what am I now? doing now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that that was really hard. And people don't maybe talk about that a lot of like, what do you do after you have a viral video or like a viral song? And you can only kind of like keep going if you just forget about it. <laughs> At least for me, like yeah. I really just can't think about it too much or I'll never do anything else. Well, it's, it's like you were saying earlier, like, you go into music as like a little escape from your homework, yeah, exactly. from like your other tasks. And it's like the second you lose that, like the, once it becomes your job and you start losing that spark of like why you started doing it in the first place, the work suffers and you, mm -hmm. you it's not, it gets kind of muddy and complicated and you spend too much time thinking about the the art and what it means. Yeah. And then you spend the rest of your sort of career, at least speaking from personal experience, you spend the rest of your career trying to get back to that place of just like making music yeah. for fun. No, like, I'm so and, scared of like, Especially with sessions, like mm -hmm. the session life, that's very, very new to me. And it's hard. I think like right now what I'm struggling with is like, I mean, I grew up writing songs just alone in my room and it was like the best thing ever. And it was just what I did when I wasn't doing my homework. And now it's like, okay, you have sessions and you like go to work to write a song and right. you like meet these people and you write a song about your life while trying to be true to yourself but like worried, it's like worried about yeah, this behemoth like of an app crazy. and worried about yeah. publishers and all this and like I that not, none of that existed when I wrote what are you doing now and it's weird it's so weird and no one told me that it was like this and no one like because I, I didn't know anyone and now I'm like I just want to write songs with like my friends I was talking to somebody, you know, today that like only in the music industry, I mean the film industry too, but like let's say only in the music industry and really in LA, like when you really boil mm -hmm. it down to it, can you look at a song like What Are You Doing Now doing phenomenally or look at, you know, we have a couple million streams like amongst our catalog and we've worked with people and we've done stuff. We've done stuff mm -hmm. like looking at a career 
and a successful career at that. And that all of us look at it with fear. Like only yeah. in LA do we see a successful career as a failure. Right. Or like yeah. as something a that ticking needs bo- a, ticking a ticking time clock, bomb yeah. of like yeah. of maintenance of something that needs to be maintained. There's you know? there's there's this quote from A Little Life that I'm going to butcher. But the gist of it is like that, you know, like you have successful people and people who are trying to become successful. And by and large, the people who are already successful spend all their time trying to maintain the success. And the people who are trying to become successful spend all their time trying to attain success. Mm. But the difference between the two is that the people who are who have become successful and are trying to maintain success are running in place. But at least the people who are trying to become successful are going somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was a very interesting way of breaking it down. True. Well, and there's also, um, and this is like, I'm, I'm writing this book about gambling. Um, there is a, a psychological component to loss as opposed to net gain. Mm. Uh, The idea being, if I right now handed you $50,000, you'd be pretty stoked that I just handed you $50,000. Congratulations. For sure. Thank you. um, (laughs) Anybody, by the way, who comes on the podcast, (laughs) but if I gave you $100,000 and then I took $50,000 away from you, you'd see not that you gained $50,000, but that you lost $50,000. And so oftentimes artists who are starting, I'm so jealous of them, not because their song does well or this or that, but like you get to see the numbers go up. Yeah. We've seen our numbers go up and we've seen our numbers go down. And one feels very different than the other. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even if, I mean, we have, you know, 50,000 monthly listeners or like whatever, when we hit 50,000 for the first time from like our 500, that was a yeah. huge deal for no, us for back sure. in college. Like we literally like yeah. walked around the dorm. We like celebrated. Yeah, we like literally had it made it, did a thing. When we yeah. dropped down to 50 from 60 or 70 or, yeah. you know, whatever, we're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like now it feels bad. Yeah, now it feels so bad. sad. It's amazing. But the number's the same. Yeah, the number's the same. Yeah. But loss feels different. About feels it. different yeah. You know? Loss feels different. So it's very fascinating, I think. No, I, I mean, you're you're in just such a unique place that like yeah. I'm so fascinated by it, you know? Like, no, same. I'm like, <laughs> what is going on all the time? I'm just like. Well, this is where community comes in too. Yeah. Because, you know, I think it's complicated when a song goes viral. Is that a black swan? Is it not? Is that something that's like, an algorithmic fluke or is it something that does get maintained but you're also just an amazing writer and a, and a good from what i've gathered in the podcast, like a great yeah. person like it doesn't matter how it does it doesn't matter how it compares yeah. it whatever you're in this for life yeah you know you're, and that's hard to remember yeah. when it's just like when you're in it and just like this is everything and yeah. the world is ending if this doesn't go exactly how i want it's it. a marathon but it's like it is my first song so i'm like yeah it's this is just like the first one. I, I kind of need to like step back and chill a lot of the time. And, you know, it also always begs the question, like, what do you want out of this? Yeah. You know, if it's about money, that's pretty easy <laughs> to figure out, you know, uh, over a song that does well or something like that. Is it? For sure. But if it's about community, if it's about culture shifting, if yeah. it's about accolades Definitely. or whatever. Well, community you can do tomorrow. You know, mm-hmm. accolades maybe f- 10 years from now, five years from now, three yeah. years from now. You know, if it's about culture shifting, you know, teach at a school. Yeah. Like, you know, it's yeah. true. It's fascinating, really. True. You know, I think it's important to always ask what you want out of this, because yeah. if you don't, then you're going to want everything. Yeah. Or you're going to want what somebody tells you to want. True. Yeah. And everybody 
I mean, Everybody wants we have our little Instagram things. thing to tell us what we want, you know? Yeah. I'm getting jealous of somebody going on like an 150 date tour. But I'm like, I don't yeah, want to go don't on a 150 that. date <laughs> tour, you know? <laughs> exactly. Like, I'll miss my puppy and my family yeah. and my partner and sleeping in a bed, you yeah. know? True. Like, whatever. I'm, I'm not jealous of somebody on American Idol, but yeah. somebody is. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. like you got to decide what you want. Yeah. You and know? that was hard for me at first because I'm I think my like most prevalent flaw of mine which anyone that knows me will like agree so quick is that I'm so indecisive it like haunts me in everything ever like I'm just so indecisive and so like when I when this was all starting everyone's like well what are your goals I'm like I don't know I just want to do this like I just want to keep doing what like I think is fun I don't know I don't know like it's hard for me to like articulate goals or like what I want because it feels like such a big question when it's like presented to you but then if you're just like in the moment like oh what feels good right now yeah then it's like oh I want to do this yeah but it's just like for me it's like freezing and like you can't ask me what what I want I'll freak out like (laughs) to to, I I saw this thing on Instagram or TikTok whatever where it's like skiers they're not focusing on the trees they're not trying to avoid the trees because they're going to hit the tree because they're looking True. at the tree. They're looking for the path. Yeah. They're looking at the snow. You oh, know, that's a sick analogy. I'm like, that's... Uh, yeah. yeah. Kind of I, I saw that clip as well. It's really good. Yeah. Because that's the thing is like, you have to be kind of focusing not on like, like you have to filter. You have yeah. to filter all this stuff out, you know? Yeah. In order to not get like stumble upon it, you know? Yeah. If I wake up every day upset that I don't have something that I didn't even want in the first place, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do work that I actually genuinely find meaningful. Yeah. You know? And I'm running into this problem at 26 where I, I spent so much time trying to survive in this, trying to have a career yeah. in this, whatever, that I never asked, what do I want out of it? Yeah. So, you know, if you wake up and suddenly feel like you're not getting what you want out of it, well... You had to ask yourself that question before. It's, yeah. Uh, you don't drink water when you're dehydrated. You right, drink water exactly. before you're thirsty. Yeah. Where are you from? I'm from Orange County, California. Ooh, a Californian. Mm. Yes. I lived in Paris for a year. For college? For or? eighth grade. Like my eighth, oh, eighth oh. grade. That's and then I, and it like completely changed my life. And like all of a sudden I felt like a member of like the world and like right. the culture and like changed everything for me and then I came home to Orange County and I was like wait everyone is like still in this bubble that I was also in before and I think it was really hard sometimes yeah people were very far different places yeah. yeah so it was tough but I think it taught me a lot about like empathy why people think the way they think did you go to college? Are yeah. you in college? Yeah, I oh. go to NYU. Oh, shit. All right, yeah, yeah nice. What, yeah. what school of NYU? Clive Davis. Ah, Clive Davis. Yes. Clive Davis, sir. Yeah. Yes. That's what, how, are you currently in Clive Davis? I'm taking the semester off. Okay. But I feel like I'm still there. Right. Like all my friends are from Clive Davis programs and I'm like there all the time. So Is it still broken up to like songwriter, entrepreneur and like performer? Yeah, there's a few. There's a few tracks. There's okay. like business, there's journalism, production, That's songwriting. Fun. How are you performing. enjoying New York? I love New York. <laughs> I love New York so much. I was just there 
um, for my show, and I just got back, and I'm like, where did you play? So in New York? sad. Um, the Mercury Lounge. Oh, was, great! That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. Um, I'm from New York. Oh yeah. So, yeah. So I, actually, I would spend a lot of time around Union Square. Sick. Just you know, Love around the Union NYU Square. dorms and, and yeah. whatnot. Just uh, I'd play the Sidewalk Cafe in the Village oh, quite cool. a bit. So cool. Um, and then busk in the stations. Oh my god. Yeah. That's so fun. I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> it's fun. It's uh, wonderfully and importantly demoralizing. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. It kind of puts you in your place a little bit. I mean, there's, sure. that, there's that famous story of like the violinist, the, the famous violinist, like who yeah. was about to play a show at Carnegie, Carnegie Hall. Hall and then he went to busk in the subway and like no one cared. Really? That's more testament to violin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've always heard that story. I'm just like, he needed to sing, you know, like I feel like there I guess is so. something to be said. But I, I, I think... Uh, it's not out of the. It's been done before. Like U two was busking. Did that oh, yeah. thing on like Fallon or Kimmel? They were like U two bust in the subway, and people were like, whatever. Like yeah. New Yorkers in the subway are just like, I don't care. Like I do not care about whatever this is, and it could literally be U two, and you well, could be a U two fan. And you could be like, I, you, your brain just isn't on the right wavelength <laughs> yeah, to true. perceive well, that kind go, of. Going back to the TikTok thing that we were saying, you know, it's like there's quality that needs to be of a certain level, and then there's ultimately marketing and luck and all these other crazy factors and context like i think that that, that speaks to like i think that that speaks to like yeah if you are not like tuned into there do need to be other markers of like if you're in an auditorium and someone is on a stage your brain is locked into oh i'm going to pay attention to this but if someone's in the subway and you have to get to work Mm -hmm. you it's a totally different context yeah totally music is so like that's a big thing in the david byrne book how music works Mm -hmm. it's the first chapter is like context and music are so like where music is performed how it is consumed has such a big effect on what music is like sociologically mm, that makes a lot of sense yeah there we have it yeah that was awesome so yes yeah, so when what year are you at nyu um i'm a sophomore got you okay yeah were you in school like physically in school yeah. when the song started oh, yes what was it like interact with classmates as that was going about well it was like Definitely the most stressful week, two weeks of my life, like the release time, because it was finals. Like I took my last final the day I released What Are You Doing Now? Wow. Oh, wow. And I also had a session that day and I was like running around. That whole week was just like, oh, it was so stressful. But um, I mean, yeah, everyone in class was like super supportive for sure and like very excited for me. Like everyone was so great. But I definitely remember just being so so stressed and like I wrote the song actually with two friends that also go to Clive Davis oh, cool. with me and that's how I met them shout them out what are their names yeah Grace Anger and David Alexander nice they're the best ever and Grace was also like in class at the same time as me when the song had just came out and we were just checking the streams trying, like refreshing refreshing looking we at just, each other like giving glances yeah, and yeah she wasn't in my class so we would have to oh. run out and she would like run <laughs> to my window and be like waving at me and oh, then be like come out come on i'd have to run out and then I, and then when i would see a number and then she was getting in trouble for having her computer out and so then i would have to uh, like run and knock on her window and be like chris chris it's about to hit 500k it's about to hit 500k and then like we were checking the iTunes charts and yeah, my teacher was like, what are you doing right now? I was just kept what are you running doing out. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember what class it was? Yes, it was my songwriting class. Oh, writing, that's that's incredible. It was called Writing the Hit Song. Those well, there you, yeah, you, how you are they not understanding of that? How yeah. are they not? All you no, have to say to your teacher is like, I did it. Yeah, <laughs> that's my homework for this for the semester. I wrote the hit song. I feel yeah, like that maybe so is like an NYU Berkeley difference because like I would get out of my sound design classes because I had a, a film in Tribeca that I had done sound design oh, for sick. that I had to go to Tribeca <laughs> to yeah. be there for. So, yeah. you know, like 
I feel like uh, because a lot of the the Berkeley folks are like not as like pedagogical. Yeah. Where it's like this is what we have to do, whatever. Not not about to start the Berkeley NYU turf war because because <laughs> I'm literally yes. I would never pick a fight with a New Yorker. You know, <laughs> never, never. But uh, I just find it so funny that like you're hit like you could just be like we, we did it like we passed the class uh, by having a hit. You know? I know. No, I I loved that class. It was funny. We had a guest speaker. I can't even remember who it was but we had a guest speaker and and so we were all playing our songs and I was just like I shouldn't have gone to class because I was so out of it and then I had a final due the night that it came out and we like me and Grace emailed our teachers like can we please have an extension like we literally can't write a single sentence right now we're like so out of it but yeah we didn't get the extension so we had to just like (laughs) (laughs) genuinely insane that like nobody nobody saw the irony in it like i feel like anybody could see the irony in it you know but um no but like actually everyone at clive is like super supportive and like when i was deciding whether to take this semester off or not i met with a bunch of my teachers a bunch of times because i'm so indecisive and it was the hardest (laughs) decision of my life because i actually love school and like having that to do besides music even though I was studying music but yeah it was a really hard decision my teachers were all like yeah don't come back like yeah yeah Yeah, didn't you have a professor that was like yeah yeah, I I remember I I finally sat down with with one of my favorite professors my last semester of school uh and and I was like do you have any advice for me he's like bro get the hell out of here (laughs) like he was just like please like you're he's like you're good like you're you're fine like you've you've done enough no actually no you need to get your doctorate (laughs) yeah no they gotta give me a doctorate i feel like and again it's one of the reasons i'm writing the book but talking about like finances and music is obviously like so so taboo but i do Mm -hmm. feel like you know when weighing the going to music school option as opposed Mm -hmm. to you know going down a more traditional route Though, I mean, it should be said for traditional routes as well. Now that like, you know, a pandemic can happen and you can lose your job and nothing is certain and nothing is guaranteed, et cetera. But like, I do think it's very cool when when you hit the financial number that is equal to your tuition. Mm -hmm. Like that, I remember, was a big deal. Yeah. Like when we realized that we had made cumulatively over the course of our collective career enough to justify the college we yeah, went to you know that's sick actually. but like you know it's like you know you can Congrats. do the math on that or like whatever but because why are we going to college we're making yeah. an investment like mm-hmm. it's all financial investments yeah. you know uh, obviously there's the social component and the emotional component and whatever but ultimately we're told to go to college to enter a workforce to get money to justify mm-hmm. the insane cost of college right yeah you kind of succeeded if yeah, you made no, that and a net like, positive. I, like, what are you doing now? I wrote that with the people I met well, yeah, at college. Exactly, and, yeah. like, I filmed a lot of my TikToks at the studios on my campus. Like, so I totally, like, I owe so much to them, even just the year and a half that I, like, have well, so far had. Even. I think you guys are even. <laughs> you, yeah. pay, you pay tuition. Yeah, I totally. No, totally. You don't know them shit. I did pay tuition, which yeah. is crazy expensive. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, Berkeley, we, we're we square. Yeah, we're, we're fine. We, yeah. we, have, we have, I don't know you nothing. You don't know me nothing. Yeah, let's, true. Let's go our true. That's, that's the better perspective, for sure. You don't owe no, nobody nothing. True. That's the biggest thing in music, is that you don't owe anybody anything, unless yeah. you owe your songwriters. Pay, if you're listening to this, <laughs> and you haven't paid your invoice, yeah. or your songwriters. Or your photographers. Or your photographers. Yes. Videographers. And give photographers master points. Give yeah. photographers <laughs> master points. 
Sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We're, <laughs> we are. Uh... I'm loving this movement. <laughs> I feel like we're, we're, we're ping-ponging, but it's nice. It's like, yeah. well, you know, that's the... Well, that's why we started our, like, this podcast. I was sort of yeah. sick of, like, having interviews where it's like, here's this question, and then here's this yeah. question. Like, a bit stuffy, but... Um, yeah, like, this is fun. Oh, we're having a great time. You're awesome, you know? Um, how did you kind of start getting into music? Was it yeah. your family or... Um, honestly, like, I don't know what it was. I kind of... From what I've been told, like, my whole life, I was just making up songs. And, like, before I could talk, I would just kind of mumble out Mm. melodies and stuff. And then before I could write, I would make my sister, like, be my scribe and write songs down for (laughs) me. Older, younger. My older sister, yeah. I was, like, three or something. And she was, like, (laughs) writing songs down for me. And, like, I would do this thing in the car. Because in Orange County, it's, like, I mean, here too, but it's very driving. It's driving. It's yeah. a suburb. It's like it's soccer practice every day or like whatever every day. And I was I'm the youngest. I have two older siblings. And so they were like I was just always in the car running errands with my mom, just always in the car, always in the car. And so the radio was always on. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think like looking back, the radio of like the early 2000s was definitely my biggest influence, like musically. Which I didn't figure out until very recently. So like, what? What? Oh, what? what are some songs yeah. from yeah. that era that that like stick in your mind when you think about that? Like driving, you know, driving to um, run errands. I think of "I Kissed a Girl" by Katy Perry. I was about to say Katy Perry must. Katy have Perry had to and Taylor Swift. Yeah, like, a great era. Yeah, it was yeah. like the best. I'm like also such a confused era. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you had you know like a G six. Yeah. Party yeah. rock anthem. You know, on top of all that. Yeah. No. Macklemore. Totally a and, lot going on. Yeah, There's a like, lot going on. The Black Eyed Peas. I mean, we we really put up with some shit like in the mid-2000s as far as like songwriting. Like, we no. Really, you really know, like, though. Well, I didn't even know. Who knows? Who knew what a G6 was? I didn't. No, I didn't No, either. no one did. No. Yeah. What is a party rock? <laughs> right. That wasn't the name of the okay. band. Is, oh, I think G6, At least- G6 is a plane. Fly like a G6. No, I know what a, I know <laughs> what a G6 is now. <laughs> right, right, right. I understand fly like a G6. I don't think anybody in the demographic that was right. listening to it at our mitzvahs it didn't, was yeah. aware of the difference between a G6 and a 747. Right. You know, on top of that, I mean, again, the band was called LMFAO. So what's a party rock? At least the Cupid shuffle was performed by Cupid. <laughs> it was his shuffle. <laughs> Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, I was, I've actually been thinking about this recently because I feel like that like that was an era of that no, that was an era because like to paint with a very broad brush, that was an era of pop that had a degree of like what seemed to win was like carefree, slightly nonsensical anthems. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of stuff like that. And then I feel like in the era that followed in the Justin Bieber purpose era. I think of Adele music, also pushed it. Yeah, that's like I said. I'm painting with a very broad brush here. All right. Like I feel like Adele yeah. is like you've always got your ballads. There are always ballads. Okay. There's always yeah. a ballad. There's always one or two big ballads, and they come around every couple of years, and that's its own thing. But like we're talking like the stuff that you dance to at parties. Then you have the Purpose Era, which spawned a whole hype machine era of people who what started to win was cool production. Mm, like people okay. started to like you had the drop. Like I was listening to yeah, Sorry the other day. The Obviously, Sorry has great writing, but like part of that era was like you had the drop, and the thing goes like, and like that. Yeah. Like you have stuff like Sorry, that. I missed that parking <laughs> And I feel like you don't have as much of that kind of thing now. And to put a more positive spin on it, what seems to be winning now more than 
production and especially winning on TikTok is clever writing. Mm. And we can we can nitpick and say like these lyrics aren't up to par. Like this like this thing isn't as clever as it could be. Sure. Oh, and we will. And we will. <laughs> and we do all the time. But like I think that it is interesting that like moving from the hype machine era to the TikTok era that the stuff that tends to win is clever witty lyrics with punchlines. And I do and think, I think that's cool. Yeah, I think that also if TikTok existed in the early 2000s, what would have been on the radio would have been more clever writing because it would have been more... Democratized. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. we weren't choosing... I mean, we were in a way because we were listening to it on the radio and it was doing well on the radio, but like... It was picked by a committee. Yeah, a it was yeah. not really... Like now it totally is. The people decide like, oh, this is really good. Mm-hmm. Well, when you think about that time, like what did make it on the radio cost whoever put it on the radio. Mm hundreds of thousands of dollars because it was payola at the time. Right. You know, it's not like it was, you know, these like tastemaker DJs necessarily. I mean, obviously there were the the broad brushes, there were pockets, but if you wanted to play like Z100 in New York or, you know, some of the bigger pop radio stations, you just had to pay. Yeah. You know, so ultimately it needed to be a safe investment. Safe investment is the lowest common denominator. Something like people in the place. Yeah. You know, if you said people in New York, all of a sudden you've got an entire country (laughs) that doesn't potentially connect to what Fergie's saying. I mean, we can we can bellyache about the song we want. That song fucking is a massive song. Yeah, Yeah. it's great. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, you know, every era of pop music has its absurd hits. I I love just like little Sadie in the car listening. Yeah, no, yeah, I would just listen to the radio, and then there was a time where I would make my mom turn off the radio, and I would do this thing called Sadie's Radio, and like every day I would just like make her turn it off and I'll just make up songs and be like, this is my radio time. That's wild. Yeah. I love that. And just like in the car seat. <laughs> Do you have any like recording or video of that at all? I don't. And every, everyone, my we weren't good at documenting anything. Mm. We were just kind of doing it. Literally the last generation of that. Like all, <laughs> like all of all of our, you know, progeny know. is going to have like an insane amount of documentation. I know it's crazy. But no, I mean, I have videos of me like playing piano and stuff. That was the next thing you for me. You I like, piano lessons and all yeah, that. I got really into piano. I did like the certificate of merit thing. Oh, wow. I don't oh, know. Wow, yeah. First grade, I was like writing songs, just like making stuff up on piano. And then eventually, like, I figured out chords. And then I was just writing songs. So you just knew. You were yeah, just like... I don't know. And I never really thought anything of it. And I was very secretive about it. And for my whole life, I didn't want it. A single person. You didn't play like talent shows. No, I would purposefully sing bad in the car with my friends until like junior year of high school. Did you do like any school shows or nothing? No, No. I mean I was in choir Mm. in high school, but did you also try to like fake? No, in choir I would like you know, but it was classical. Like I was doing like more classical, and Mm. I I was taking voice lessons, but it was like classical voice lessons. Yeah. So like I think it's because in elementary school I posted a video of an original song on YouTube. Sorry, that is that sentence alone is crazy to me. Like elementary school posting. Like I know YouTube didn't exist for for me. Like as no, and this was when YouTube was huge. You know, yeah, this was like Charlie bit my finger. Right, the the original era of YouTube. And I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna be. I'm going to make it huge on YouTube in like third grade. And I put this video. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay, sorry. And it gets like 300 views or something. I make my parents put it on the Christmas card. Everyone listen to Sadie's <laughs> new song on YouTube. And the link printed on the Christmas uh, yeah, card. Yeah, <laughs> probably. I don't know how. Yeah, probably. And it was like so 
stupid. It was the stupidest song ever called Hello. Yeah, I wrote it. Oh my God. And I was like so proud of it. And then, I mean, it's like Orange County, closed minded. Everyone's kind of weird about, you know, following your dreams. So people were not like, oh, this is cool. Like, keep going. People were like, you're so, that's weird. Don't do that again. (laughs) So I took it down. And like, anytime anyone brought it up, I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. That never existed. Yeah, I made God. everyone forget that it happened. And then I never told anyone I wrote songs up until wow. like, yeah, junior year of high school. What's so interesting about that story is like, it's almost the same story as say Billie Eilish, who, you know, who put like the myth goes that she put her music up on SoundCloud so that like her dance class could hear it the next day mm. or something. Or even Bo Burnham, who during that height of YouTube was putting stuff on YouTube so that he could send it his songs to his brother who was Mm -hmm. in college or away, you know, and yet at that time, that's the stuff that took. Mm -hmm. And then here's a, I would say probably an equally talented, you know, (laughs) a songwriter writing young who gets, you know, like bullied or like whatever. I mean, it's, it's, but but also on the same time, it sounds like your parents were, you know, wonderfully supportive. What what did they do? What what do they do? Um, My dad is in like banking. Oh wow! Like it's, yeah. he does like finance stuff. I don't. I could never explain to you what he does. I don't understand numbers. <laughs> Stocks. <at all. laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's. We'll go with that. I don't know. <laughs> but um, and my mom is. She does like energy healing. Oh, wow, like, tarot. Wow. She's um started this like oracle card thing that she developed into an American thing from a French philosopher we met when we lived in France. Wow. And wow. she does like a lot of things in that world. That's wild. Very well, yeah. I mean, that's it's like two, a shaman. That's two very <laughs> yeah. different things that I think also can like a, like amalgamate into just wanting a kid to have freedom to explore. Yeah. Because your mom, oh, I yeah. think on the one hand, is like, ex, you know, exploring this area yeah. of I mean, she's like energy. reaching Nirvana, I swear. Yeah. She's like <laughs> literally there. I like, yeah. it's crazy. But then, you know, your dad is like maybe in a more kind of stuffier environment or yeah. something where you'd be like, well, I want my kid to... To not be in that environment. Exactly. Yeah. He was like, don't, don't do this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, No, they're both so like, follow your dreams, follow your dreams. Like you can do anything, Mm -hmm. which is like the best thing. Everyone should be like that. But even just like the Sadie radio story. Like I Mm -hmm. love that. Cause that's like, that's huge. Yeah. You know, for a parent to know to shut the radio off. Mm -hmm. And let their kid have that space in the car. Yeah. Definitely. And, And maybe like, you know. I hope I'm a good parent. I have a feeling I might be. You're you know, going to be a great parent. I appreciate it. You know? I can tell. But also just like, I've had tired days, you know, like, mm-hmm. like I've had days where maybe I, I want to keep the radio on. Yeah. You know? And how important it is. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a parent listening to this, <laughs> you know, if your kid's staying in the car, I've got the radio off. Yeah. You know? To give a kid that kind of space is big yeah. and, and hard, I think. Yeah. To know that they need that. Well, and know? even like, I, you know, I think we both have similar stories of our parents uh, being like in, in various iterations, like not quite making fun of, but like to some degree discouraging us from singing. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. and it's like I totally get where that comes from in a way because you don't want to see your kid do something they're bad at. You don't want them to be bad at something like yeah. that. Like you want like you want to see them succeed in the things they're good at and you don't want them to get hurt. You know, we're, we're all wired to protect ourselves from failure. But, you know, yeah. like we we knew within ourselves that there was something deeper to push through and get to. But like, you can't fault the parents for not seeing that necessarily. Yeah. But I think it is such a beautiful thing when when things line up and a parent's yeah. able to just be no, like, no, you just totally. do just do your thing. Yeah. I think also it was like my parents 
always did their best to like figure out how to support me, but they don't know anything about music. It's like, okay, go figure it out. Like, like well, a tick what? <laughs> yeah, it's like, what? Um, And I feel like it was a huge family effort and it still is of like supporting me. Like my brother actually is my manager. And oh, like wow. he was the first person I told that I like wrote songs in like junior year of high school because I was like a closeted singer, songwriter right, right. for my whole life. And then... I eventually like, no, this is like, I need to do this. When everyone was talking about college applications and stuff, I was like, I can't, I can't study business in college. Like I have to do music. And then at first I was like, okay, I'll study opera. Cause that feels more, I don't know, less risky for right. some reason. And so I'm like, okay, I'll do that. And I was basically just trying to do everything, but like do the thing I wanted to do that I was good at. Cause I thought it was scary. Well, it's scary to do the thing that you sort of assign yeah. your value as a person. Yeah, yeah. it's mm-hmm. so scary. And so I was whatever, but I eventually like sent a video of me singing a cover of Creep to like my friend group chat. And I was like, guys, I can sing. Yeah, and they freaked out. And of course, they were super excited for me. And then they like made me post it on Instagram. It's still <laughs> on my Instagram. It's like my first post. Oh my God, incredible. And then my brother sees it and freaks out he's like you can sing like what <laughs> what was, was he interested in being in music as well yes, like, like he's super passionate about music like de- more on the business more, side yeah like definitely more on the business side and definitely not pop no, not the genre that i write but he just was the one that was very supportive like and was just like no you can do it like you can post this video like you can go to college for like what you love to do and was just like constantly kind of reminding me of that. And he was like my manager since I was like 15 or 16, but we didn't know what we were doing. It's like, how do you manage me? I don't don't know. Nothing's happening. Right. (laughs) Exactly. It's more common than I think people even realize, like even just like friends of the pod alone Rosie is managed yeah, by her brother. Yeah. Um, Alexa Capelli is managed yes, by her brother. Like, I know. There's yeah, something, I love them both. you know, maybe protective, but also just like, you know, understanding like a shared sort of journey, mm-hmm. you know? Like, and you uh, know they're not going to screw you over. Because it's family. Yeah. yeah. And they have your best intentions. Best intentions, yeah. Family. But also I think, I think what's, and I'm speaking completely, I'm talking yeah, completely the out child, of my ass. The only, the only child. child talking completely out of my ass. What what tends to be like produ- productive and beautiful about sibling relationships. And I think the reason a lot of professional relationships in creative fields end up resembling sibling relationships is because there's a closeness and a familiarity and a like, I'm never going to leave you because blood is thicker than water kind of energy. Mm. But there's also like there's a lot of compassion and love, but there's also enough of a with that compassion, with that comfort comes the ability to push and challenge and call someone on mm. their faults. And I think exactly. that that's like something that siblings are able to do versus like, I mean, very close friends, you know, can end up then resembling those types of relationships. But I think a sibling mm-hmm. relationship has that like duality of like love, but also uh, a manager so, has to be able yeah. to push you at their best. You know, and, I think and, and the thing is, is that like if a, if a manager if you have a good relationship with your manager, your, your manager is challenging you, but there is always maybe a, a punch, you know, pulling of the punches. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, there is a power dynamic in, oh, we hired our manager. Mm-hmm. So, okay, mm-hmm. you want to challenge me, manager? But, like, yeah. at the end of the day, who's writing your checks? Yeah. Whereas, like, Noah and I, 
like are able to challenge each other. And we've actually, over the course of our eight years of being together, we have said some very challenging things to each yeah. other. Like things that really cut deep, I think, yeah. to our character, our creativity, our intentions, everything like that. But it's because we can. Because yeah. who else in this life is going to? Exactly, you know? mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I have a brother uh-huh. as well, um, <laughs> who I don't think I could go into business with because <laughs> we have a bit of a contentious relationship. Mm. You know, we... Um, we're overly critical with each other. We didn't mm. know how to find that balance. Yeah. Um, so uh, maybe we'll go into business one day. Yeah. Ray, if you're listening. Ray, if you are listening, you've passed the test. You've been supportive enough to listen to this podcast. Let's yes. start Let's start a business. Start a, yes. little, a little cafe called Flex Stacks and you serve pancakes. <laughs> oh, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Aww. It would have to be griddling lion. Nice. <laughs> Thank oh you. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> Again, just interesting. And I think there is this sort of through line and thread of what it means to put yourself out there and mm-hmm. find support or not find support. You know, yeah. I uh, I posted a Neil Young cover when I was younger and Aww. that was the first time I sang on the internet and I sent it to some friends like, hey, I can sing. Yes. And friends, good friends were like, no, you can't. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. And, and, but that, but also just like, that is uh, such a difference, you know, because like, here it is, the difference between encouragement and it then took me another three years to start singing again mm-hmm. or to try singing because I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. I can't. Let's move on mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of trying to hone this thing or whatever. Oh. Uh, similarly, I like I wrote this song called, uh, I think, Every Word that like I couldn't sleep one night and I made mm-hmm. an entire music video for it. Like I had a, <gasps> a little camcorder. Oh God, so I did cool. stop motion animation on with like candle oh. wax and like time-lapse photography i'd made like all these videos like this whole video around around it and i posted it and then i went to camp like the following week and like somebody at camp found it and they made fun of me for it because it was a very no. me- i mean it was a very melodramatic music video because i was you know 14 15 of course. but like how does that affect you you know how does that yeah. like maybe i have this ingrained fear of presenting myself visually yeah because think about all the sleeping lion cover art we're not on that visually Mm. the podcast we're not there visually Mm. tiktok freaks me out we haven't done a music video yet you know like whoa who knows how these small things might have a psychological effect on like somebody totally you know affects you for sure I'm just doing therapy now. At no, you. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm so honored. No, I definitely think everything. I mean, yeah, you were 14. Like, yeah, definitely affects everything affects you like a little bit. Yeah, least. you got to support the people, you know, Yeah. if you got yeah. a sibling, you know, like, yeah, let them support you. you yeah, know? I think to what you were saying, like having him as my manager, I'm very non-confrontational as a person, like any conflict freaks me out but for sure with my brother i can be like this is so annoying (laughs) (laughs) um so it's definitely super nice i always appreciate the the good old i would love to my manager yeah you know i think it's like the the best like everybody knows that it's not true but everybody (laughs) needs to accept it Right. So that they have that excuse themselves. Yeah. yeah definitely. You know, it's like, I know that when I mentioned that my manager said no, that the person I'm telling it to knows that that's not true. But they need to uphold that lie so that when they then use their yeah. manager, 
hasn't. Well, yeah, because the alternative is just saying like, hey, sorry, I don't want to do this thing. Which yeah. maybe the world would be better if, if people were able <laughs> to be that brutally honest <laughs> with each other. But also like, I don't know. I think it's nice to have this shield to say hey, I don't like you and I don't want to work with you, yeah. uh, but have to be socially acceptable. Like, we need that. We, well, we need to have that. I'm grateful that you came True. here on a cold DM. Oh, I know. I was yeah. so excited. I, we were excited. <laughs> we, were, yeah. we were playing Halo, and I was like, I literally turned on like, oh, yeah. I should probably ask Sadie. And he's like, yeah, go for it. I DM you. You responded like, I immediately. Know. I was like, no, I was so excited. I didn't even know you knew who like we I had. Were. No, I had totally seen <laughs> your podcast. So many mutual friends. That's so funny. I'm so excited. I mean, we're just so excited yeah, to have, have you on. This, have is, you. this is awesome. We're, yeah. Well, so the piece de resistance, the, the occasion, tell us about writing. What are you doing now? Oh, what was that process like? Yes. Um, and how did you come upon the wooden spoon. Have you framed the wooden spoon? No, but it you is should. in my room. You should. So. Yeah. That's fun. yeah, it's like sitting on my piano. That's I'm like that's like a piece of, at it. That's a that's a rock and roll hall of fame. <laughs> you know, songwriters no, hall of fame. Totally. Yeah. I'm down. Um yeah, I wrote this with my two like best friends, Grace Anger, David Alexander. We write a lot of songs together. They're like my first kind of collaborators songwriting wise and we go on like trips like we've never written a song in new york we we go to school in new york like we always have to like leave right and go somewhere else it's weird oh i I get it i get it yeah yeah Yeah. so our first trip was in colorado me and grace flew out to meet david for the first time in the cabin in the middle of like an hour drive away from denver in like the snow in the mountains we go, to, we go to Carbondale a lot, which is near okay. Aston. Yeah. Okay, cool. It wasn't that. That. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> but Colorado was gorgeous. It was yeah. so pretty, and it was winter, and we went sledding, and it was so fun. That's awesome. Um, and that was when I first met David. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time the three of us were together. And it was, like, magical. And we were like, whoa, we just wrote our favorite songs ever. We have to do this again. And so we would do these trips to upstate New York and write songs. And for all of these trips, I was writing about the same thing. And they were, I think they had to have been so annoyed at some point. I was just so sad about the same um, thing and the same person. And so the trip we wrote, What Are You Doing Now? Was it a recent uh, Like, no. I mean, when, we wrote, <laughs> when we wrote What Are You Doing Now, it hadn't been a year yet. It was recent. I was still really sad. I don't think it was. Time is so weird. There's no, I mean, our our jobs is to sort of crystallize feelings in amber and also to just like excise it out of us. So like I've been like happily in, you know, my my relationship partnership Mm -hmm. for almost two years now. But I'm still Mm -hmm. writing about the last sad thing that happened to me, Mm -hmm. which was this last relationship I was in, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's easier to write about sad stuff than happy stuff. Happy stuff, you're like, yeah. see the sunshine yeah. and your smile. I know, I hate I hate writing happy songs. <laughs> For a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally. No, but I definitely, I'm thinking about it now. I was in the thick of it when we wrote What Are You Doing Now? It was like, I was still so sad. So I was like, okay, guys, we have to write about this again. And I think it was David that, he got the line, what are you doing now? And I was like, I don't want it to be that. I don't want to, I don't want to say that. I don't want to, that's not, I don't want to I mean, it's, it's no people in the place, David. Yeah. You know? yeah. I'm like, I don't want to, I just didn't want to admit that I was wondering what he was doing. Right. So, 
I don't need to know what he's doing. I don't know. Well, that's how you know it's a good line, though. Because <laughs> then you're vulnerable. You're like, well, I don't want to write that. Exactly. So then he was like, no, Sadie, this is what you are feeling. We know <laughs> this is what you're feeling. We have been writing these songs for so long. <laughs> and so finally, I was like, yeah. And then I was like emotional. I was tearing up. And that's how you know. It was definitely the process of writing it was super cathartic. But I think. So then, like, the next was, day. Was there, was there a line that, like, really hit you while you were writing it? I mean, everyone is very true. I think, I mean, I remember when we got, I don't want to be 20 something, it's still in my head. I don't want to be 20 something, it's still in my head. I was like, oh, <laughs> it's so real. <laughs> um, for sure. And then I remember laughing when we wrote the bridge. I have like voice memos. Of, are you with somebody? Should I even care? No, you're not as happy as when I was there. Are you with somebody? Should I even care? No, you're not as happy as when I was there. Is this too petty? And the voice was like, is this too petty? <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Um, but yeah, I think the whole song struck a chord with me for sure. But putting it out was so therapeutic. Because I think when we wrote it, I thought I was the only person in the world who had felt like that. I thought I had gone through the worst heartbreak of anyone and that like, and sometimes I'm still like, oh my God, that was horrible. <laughs> but I think seeing other people relate to it and write the verses made me stop feeling like I was so special well, in what, that way yeah that's what like being you know that's the human experience is we all think that we've reached the peak of whatever you know because it happens to us yeah. like how could how could noah have experienced anything close to how i've, I've felt because mm -hmm. i'm me and i've experienced mm -hmm. it right and he's not me so he yeah. can't have experienced it but yeah he's as real to him as i as i'm real to me you yeah. know and that's yeah. maybe why we write is to connect with something bigger than us mm -hmm. yeah you no know? definitely it always feels like i'm channeling something even when you write like, really specifically yeah oh you know? for sure sometimes even more so when you write really specifically because yeah. yeah. people are able to connect with your version of that then what inspired you to do the open verse challenge why the spoon and <laughs> has this person heard the song mm, okay so i post this clip on tiktok of the song the day we get back from the trip and we were just at school and like, why not post a TikTok? We should be better about TikTok. <laughs> and um, have so, you been doing it regularly up until that point? Or was like that was mm, sort of like the... I was like trying, but it was all just like fun. And so David's like sets up a camera and we're listening to it. And then he's like, you should send this to him in the video. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then we post it and it goes viral. And then it was kind of a slow build of, then I post the sound and people start using the sound and the sound starts doing well and people just really like the song. And then there's one comment that's saying, do an open verse challenge. And so when I come home for Thanksgiving break on Thanksgiving, I do the open verse. Had you seen thing. other open verses? Like, were you inspired by I don't, other open I verses? I can't think of a specific one I saw. I knew they existed. Sure. But I don't, I don't remember a specific one. I probably had to like look it up though and be like, how do I do this? Right. right. <laughs> but um, so I 
Because it requires some production. Yeah. Like, obviously, you have to make this instrumental section. Yeah. 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 So I just needed a microphone and I didn't have one. So I just used a wooden spoon. There was no thought behind it. I think there was like negative thought behind it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's really I like and I don't know what the A to B of it is. It's like in the same way that we could quote a meme and not realize it's a meme or like this, mm-hmm. that like like the soup of cultural zeitgeist. But you know, then you have Lauren Spencer Smith with a with a toothbrush and you know, mm. um I don't think Stacy had anything in her hand, but you I've started to see open verse challenges where, where part of the humor around it is the fact that it's not a microphone, that it mm-hmm. is some sort of random object. When we did ours, you know, we did it with a flip-flop. Oh fun. You know, but like you've actually whether it's inspired or added to or again, it's all soup at this point. Yeah, that, literally. That here's this language of a thing on TikTok. The mm-hmm. the the language of the humor as as much as you know, the way that um Stand-up comedians hold their mics or whatever. Right. The iconography of this area of TikTok, mm. you've added to it. The inanimate object as the microphone <laughs> type thing. Yes. I find it fascinating. Right? Yes, I'm, I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, I definitely. It's so funny seeing all the objects. Right. It's it's so fun. What's the craziest object you think you've seen? I don't know. I think people need to get crazier because I can't think of a really crazy. Like, I would like to see someone like hold up like a motorcycle or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I need people yeah, yeah, to yeah. do more. I'm surprised, <laughs> like, given how adventurous TikTok. Oh, I guess it would be against the terms of service, but like a sex toy. Wait, I think I have seen that. Oh, yeah. I feel like I might have seen I, that. I think my friend, I'm not going to call her out, but you guys, <laughs> you guys probably know her. She's also a singer songwriter. I think she did that and it got flagged and taken down. That's so funny. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like what would be, what would be like, you know, adventurous. Like you a know, chicken. I, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I'd say you want to know what would really be full circle a wooden spoon that's cake. Oh, my God. Oh my God. You take a bite out of it. <laughs> Wait, that is such a good idea. <laughs> I need to steal that. But then how do you hold it? Well, maybe, maybe it's there's like a handle. Like, like or there's fondant. Like, yeah, like really okay. hard to fond- get together. A really, like, yeah. like a pastry yeah. bag wrapped around. Yeah. Oh my something. God, I think I need to do that. Yeah. It would be a production, but it would be, be a, work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would need, need some work. Yeah. But that's, I think, the the, uh, the evolution. That is the next, <laughs> the step, next step for Open Verse yeah. Challenge. Um, yeah, didn't, didn't Salem do a cake thing with her uh, oh, yeah, for, branded for, content? Yeah, for the branded EP. Yeah. yeah Salem as, a, as, a, as a throwback yeah, I, I, to a retro era of TikTok that was ostensibly a year and a half ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Tell me you don't want to walk into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah. it's it's true on TikTok. You, you think about the era of like, I mean, it's partially the quarantine. You think about the era of like the savage. Yeah, like savage. And that feels like a million it years ago. It does feel so Our nostalgia yeah. cycle has accelerated almost to, no, a, to a quantum crazy. level. Yeah, what if you uh, what if you did the savage dance, but it's retro now? Yeah. <laughs> it's classic. I'm already nostalgic for, for about damn time. <laughs> I mean, that's a joke. But No, but by the time this episode comes out, it's not a joke. It won't be a joke. It won't anymore. be a joke. True. <laughs> like whoever's listening to this, you're like, yeah, that was a that was a fun time. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like it's September now. You know, it's uh, you guys remember June? You know, you guys yeah. remember May? <laughs> you guys remember May? That's so funny. Oh, I feel nauseous. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that for whatever is next, you might try to do the open verse thing, or are you thinking of other kind of marketing avenues? Uh, around? I'm still feeling it through. I think for the next one, I mean. The next release is actually the open verse 
Challenge the remix, remix right. yeah, with, Z- with Zy1K, Z1K and Zakar. So I don't think we'll do an open for. I think that's like already done for that song. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for the next one, I'd want to. I'd want to do it again. It was so fun. Yeah, yeah. Zy1K is really cornering the open verse market. Oh, like yeah. he did the "Please Don't Text Me When You're Drunk." Yes, for Stacey so too. good. Um, he's so good. Kills it. He's so good at it. Yeah, I was actually with him a few days ago. I think he's 16. Oh wow! What he's God damn. And he's so talented and his unreleased songs are so good. And I actually, he flew out for my New York show and we wow. got to, we got to sing it together. Awesome. And yeah, now we're like friends and well, it's so fun. I feel like there's being prolific. Like I feel like, you know, M.A. and Byhold, uh, Emlyn, the, M- the Empire, right. um, Emmeline, uh, just adding to the Empire. <laughs> But then, you know, like uh, Ella Jane, you know, like th- there Ella. is um, a prolificness to just how much they're able to write in a year. I mean, obviously, we everybody's doing sessions like there is the you should write 200 songs a year type mm-hmm. thing. But especially being able to present it on TikTok, you know, before, like, you know, when Noah and I when we started, we were writing 250 songs a year. But it's not like anybody knew that because mm-hmm. we had nowhere to put those songs yeah. in our, you know, defunct private SoundCloud, right. you know, playlist. But um, yeah, there, there are people who are prolific, but there's also this other like, and there's an overlap, there's a Venn diagram, but there's also for these open verse challenges, for these trends, this group of like really c- prolific writers that are able to do these challenges so, so quickly. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking about them fantasies. I'm thinking about Charlie Curtis Beard, mm-hmm. Akintoye, Nathan Apollo, um, friends of the pod, you know, yeah. uh, but uh Zai 1K, yes. we're just like so quickly able to reply to a comment with an mm-hmm. entire track and mm-hmm. song produced, yeah, all wild. that, you know, write a verse, you know, the yeah. moment the trend drops, like that's a level of prolificness. Yeah. That's crazy to me. Because it's one thing to write how you're feeling prolifically. Yeah. It's another thing. Because I can write a hundred songs about how I feel yeah. today. That's yeah. why I respect so much about the, the verse challenge people is because you're not necessarily, like, in order for it to be good, you have to relate it to how you're feeling. Like, and how you have felt in the past. But mm-hmm. it's like, that's someone else's song. Like, you're connecting mm-hmm. to someone else's chorus, someone else's framing of a particular topic. Mm-hmm. And then you're having to enter that headspace and write authentically, almost like from the perspective of a character, I think, yeah. a lot of the time. And I think people who are able to do that and have it read as authentic are just incredible writers. Like, that's that's the skill. Totally. Like, that's the craft. That's what was so fun about the open verses. Seeing how many talented people there are you don't think there are that many. It's, it's, Overwhelming. Almost like a, it's almost like a pairing of like writers to producers. Like I think it takes an extreme amount of talent to be somebody like you or Stacy or Lauren Spencer Smith who can write a song that is both specific but universal enough. And uh, I would say even like conceptual and thematic enough to create a space and mm-hmm. a concept to write an open verse around. That's mm-hmm. a talent. And then there's the talent of somebody who can pick it up and run with it and do mm-hmm. that. But like, totally. you know, could the three of us do that second piece as well as we could do the first piece? Or mm. even should we mm. spend the time trying to get good at the second piece of like whatever? Yeah. That's what's so fascinating to me. You know, is, it is the the trendsetters and the trend followers and the, they're, they're both equally so, so talented. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to see it all from True. the comfort of our bedrooms, you know? <laughs> True. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Has there been other than the ones obviously who are on the remix, um, any ones that you would want to shout out that maybe people can find? Um, oh, totally. 
I love Katie Turner's verse. Anson Sebra mm. did uh, one yeah. that was so good on repeat all the time. Um, Surreal Hess. Oh, nice. Oh, we know Surreal. You do? Yeah. Oh, my God. I love Surreal. That's crazy. I met him when I was like 17. He's friends with my brother. I met him when he was 17. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my God, crazy. He's awesome. I mean, there's so many. When it was really happening, it was all of my free time was just listening to just people's open them. verses, trying to comment on all of them. Because people put in a lot of time yeah. to make them. Oh, I, <laughs> Lil Yachty. Oh. For sure, one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. It was crazy. I actually... I'm the worst at responding to texts or DMs or communicating with people in general. And I went to DM Lil Yachty and saw that he DM'd me in the beginning of January. And this was like a few days ago. (laughs) And I was like, what? Why didn't I see this? It's just TikTok DMs are terrible. But it was Instagram DMs. Oh, Instagram. I mean, Instagram DMs are also terrible. They're all terrible. So then I'm like, oh God, I'm going to respond. He's probably not going to see it anymore. He responds like a second. And I'm like... (laughs) Dude, your open verse was crazy. And he was like, I actually made a second one. And he sent me, (laughs) as he sent it to me right now, he sent me, he had made two verses to my open verse challenge. They're both so good. Finally doing better. Pictures of you on my timeline. I can't escape, can't erase out my mind. All of our memories, one of a kind. Don't have to ask, I know you're doing fine. Doing fine. That was crazy. That was like actually wild when that happened. That's wild. When he made a verse. Were there has there been any sort of like joking or parody type stuff? Mm-hmm. Like our, our friend for Casper actually um for the open verse just read the Wikipedia of the movie Casper. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um yeah, there's so many funny ones. Um I do edit a few. I love the guy who's at a movie theater. Popping popcorn, and he just goes, "I'm popping popcorn." <laughs> you just you have to watch it; it's so funny. Um, and then there's this guy who's so funny who made one just like parody, but like the lyrics were actually really good, <laughs> like definitely intentionally hilarious and and funny. The lyrics were so good. I I also do edit that one on on my Instagram, but the funny ones were like. The best. And then I was like, wait, I'm duetting too many funny ones. I need to actually look at the talented people. I think we were so burned out when when the video started making its rounds that we didn't wind up doing one. We talked about, I think we talked about doing yeah. it. It was like on our list for like three weeks. And then we were like, oh shit, yeah. It's we need just to take a nap. Like the, <laughs> but we meant to. We meant to. Oh my gosh, yeah. no. There's something so interesting to me about the viral uh like duet song because when else in like the history of writing music, have we had like the ability to like see a concept absolutely picked apart to that extent? Like it's so cool to, to have like, mm. like as the ri- original writer of the song, has it been interesting to see how many different angles people have approached the same oh, topic? Oh yeah. There was one that was from the perspective of I'm your older sister. Oh, and wow. it made me cry. Wow. It was so good. And she was just comforting me on the breakup and being like, it's, I mean, the lyrics were so wise. And I'm just like, you're this random girl on TikTok and you just actually gave me therapy. Yeah. (laughs) If I was your mother, 
I would be nice yeah. to you. Yeah. I don't know. Oh yeah. my God, that was the weirdest video I've ever seen. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's awesome. And did you wind up sending it to the person? Well, <laughs> with this. You just had the most demonic little gleam in your <laughs> eye. I, I wish that. I, the uh, one time I wish that we had video on this podcast. Yeah. It's just so you could see just how demonically. <laughs> no, um, no. Um, so my plan. It's funny with this. I didn't expect people to like care about who the song was about, if you heard it. But everyone, I mean, I would want to know too, of course. It's like, I'm I'm so into the, the tea. But I was like, this is so funny that everyone wants to know what unfolded. And so I kind of decided that the way I will reveal this is just like my next few songs kind of tell the story of like <laughs> exactly what happened with it. And if you heard it, where he's at with it. So I'm kind of just deciding to, because I don't think I could articulate. I think if I tried to talk about it, I would just be like, ah, I don't know, I don't know. So I'm just putting it, I just wrote songs about it and yeah. those are coming out. <laughs> but I did tease one of them um, on TikTok, like a lot kind of revealing. What's the, yeah, what's it called? What's the? It's called After All. Ooh. And it's like, the lyrics are, I can't believe you didn't even call. <laughs> Guess you didn't love me after all. Nice. Oof. <laughs> Hit him where it hurts. Yeah, tell him. All right. So, Eugene, are you ready? Are you ready? For the question round. The question round. <gasps> yes. What's <laughs> this? So, this is a sort of rapid fire question. Oh, awesome. The first question is, could you describe the first three TikToks that pop up on your For You page? So first one is a cover of Matilda by Harry Styles. Nice. By who? By Avery Anna. Nice. Who is really awesome. I like her stuff. Okay. Next is my big three as Sims traits. (laughs) And it's like a filter that's like Sims traits. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Nice. Next is a friends only. Does that count? Sure. It is this artist I really like, Sam Backoff. I don't know if you know her. Don't know her. It's just a lot of text that I'm going (laughs) to be, I'm not, I'm too lazy to read it. Yeah, just a confessional type thing. But it's like a friends only, I think, asking for advice on something. Ooh. Yeah. So that's fun. All right. So, so thematically you have a cover music. Mm -hmm. You've got uh, The Sims, which is... (laughs) Lifestyle, yeah. I'd yeah. say. Yeah. Meme lifestyle. And then you've got a close friend's confessional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, would good. you say that that kind of describes your uh, internet Honestly, yeah. diet? <laughs> like, like, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. That feels accurate. I'm always curious. That's why we asked the question is like, do our For You pages actually reflect what's for us? Like what yeah. our, our nutrition on the internet is, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, All right. Next question. Next question. What is your phone background? Aw, it's my two best friends, Cole and Charles. Um, Yeah, I miss them. Are they they back in New York? Yeah. Right now, it's summer break, so they're one's in Texas, one's in Chicago. Oh, wow. But yeah, they're the best. They're so supportive and awesome. Are they musicians as well? No. They they went to NYU with me. We lived in the same dorm building freshman year, and we all... Came super close. Love that. It's good to have people outside of music, is yeah. all I'm saying. No, you it's know? so nice to have people outside of music. Yeah. All right, yeah. next question. Do you have a non musical hobby? 
Hmm. I'm working on that. Mm-hmm. I really think I need to have one. Oh yeah, it's. Just, I'm glad me, that you're working. Like, yeah, that's like songwriting has always been my hobby, and right. so now I, I don't know. I need to figure one out. I like to walk. That's good. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. don't lose that. Yeah, walking I like is great. walking. I like driving. Mm. Oh yeah, that's that. I mean, I do. I do too. I'll drive. I drive everybody everywhere. Right. Yeah. yeah. Noah didn't get his license for a while because I just would sort of shuttle us around. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, I, I kind of gave up biking to be a walker, you know, mm. to, to walk my puppy. Because, you know, now my body is like, Aww. you're allowed one exercise a day. <laughs> <laughs> you can bike, Nate, or you can walk your puppy, but I will give out if you do both. <laughs> right. <laughs> can we workshop this a little bit? Can we help yeah. you with, a, with um, a hobby? I would love your help with this. All right. Um, all right. So ho- hobbies in our past. Uh, I was really into pickling for a little while. Oh, that's so sick. <laughs> Pickled carrots are so good. I would pickle like apples and Brussels sprouts and shit. Oh my God. Real good. I'm so down. Yeah, how, do you, how do you feel about cooking and culinary stuff? No. Yeah, that's how I feel. He no. likes cooking. I love cooking. I would love to love it. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. I wish that it, it came more naturally I, to me. I've tried, especially in like quarantine times. I, I made bread. That's fun. And that was fun. I learned about cooking and baking but i just can't like it's not like it doesn't bring me joy songwriters are about instant gratification there's nothing yeah. process oriented about you know sadie radio you know it's like yeah. you're in the moment of it you know yeah, i feel yeah. i don't feel that way about cooking i feel mm-hmm. like you know it's a lot of delayed gratification we write lyrics so that mm-hmm. we write the line fuck yeah we write the line mm-hmm. like we get the little dopamine yeah, rush see i like time. i like cooking because it's like it's that physical thing it's yeah. like yeah, you do true. something and then you get a good meal out of it like that's true so, that's such a like it takes time but it's such a one-to-one ratio of like i put in time and i get good food no, like that's beautiful that. but it's also because like you are like you have been and are good at it like i you know for me my experience with cooking is like i spent an hour like really taking care of the sauce and like cooking the shrimp mm-hmm. and like thinking about the flavors and everything. And then like I put too much salt into the water I was boiling for the pasta. And then it's and the whole thing ruined. just tastes but you only You only do that once or twice. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I do. Well, you only do that once or twice by accident. And then... Then it's I've done else. it more than once or twice, but it's because I don't know how much salt to put in the fucking boiling water. No, <laughs> everybody says salty as the Mediterranean. Whatever, fuck you. <laughs> Sorry, Max, not fuck you. You're great. Okay, we love you. Uh, but our friend, our friend. Oh, I see. That's um, so. Do you funny. do any like uh, visual art of any kind, or are you interested in doing visual um, art? Of any kind? I I think that is something I could do. Okay. It's not. It's never been something like I'm definitely not good at it, but I think it's fun. Think it's therapeutic and nice. Well, video games. No, mm, I I need less screen time. Okay, that's fair. What about um, journaling? Oh, I I need to do better. With I'm that. a big journaler. I definitely need to do yeah. more of that. I think 25 year old and 30 year old Sadie would really appreciate mm. knowing how you feel about this time. That's so true, and I feel a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> I um, you know, I I have like my songwriting journals and mm-hmm. my just general keep track of my life journals. But whenever I get a new journal, I, on the back of it, will like the last couple of pages, I'll write a letter to myself. Mm. Cause usually it takes about nine months to a year for me to get to the end of a journal. Oh, that's so, so awesome. Um, I have never not appreciated those letters, yeah. you know? So I think even just instead of thinking about like, Oh, I need to document this time for my mental health right now, or to have a hobby right now, writing a letter to yourself, just so that they can know how you feel because they're going to really need to connect with you. Whoa. Like when you're in this for five years, when you're in this for 10 years, 
they're going to have to connect with this feeling yeah. of what you're feeling right now oh, and I give really you perspective should. on it. Yeah. Or you can give them perspective on it. Yeah. You know, so that's Whoa. how I feel. Yeah. That was wise. No, I, d- <laughs> I definitely want to do that. I, there was a time when I, for like a year, a little over a year, every day I would like write about my day in my notes app, like mm. every day. And then I stopped. Well, hey, uh, homework. Mm-hmm. Write yourself a letter today. Okay. Write yourself a letter today. Like in a journal, something, something physical. Yeah. Something that you can't get lost in your phone. Something yeah. that like you can stumble upon. Mm-hmm. Write yourself a letter. You will okay. appreciate. She will appreciate what you have to yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. I will. All right. On to a very important question. Very important question. Would you be a pirate? I mean, maybe. I just, like, I think it would stress me out. It's, would yeah. you be a pirate? Both of you? He would and I would. It's, yeah. been, it's been the longest <laughs> running <laughs> question <laughs> because we... I love that question. We disagree. Yeah. <laughs> we don't disagree. We just, we have, just like, have different feelings about, about it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you. Yeah, I would like to know. Yeah. I just feel like it's, it's stressful. Yeah. And uh, my thesis is always it seems more fun than it would be in practice. Mm-hmm. I want to be on the water. I want to find an island. I want to do my, I want to do the work that finds me, you know, the work Mm. I find and the work that finds me. (laughs) I want to, um, you know, change systems and fight for what I believe in and create opportunity for my crew. Um, But I, you know, this puppy. But isn't there like a dark side of like, well, I guess I don't know very much about pirates besides like Pirates of the Caribbean, but don't yeah. they like steal? I mean, ultimately, like the golden age of piracy started because they were looking for gold that was in a sunken Spanish, mm. like just a massive amount of gold and materials that was in a downed Spanish fleet. But I will say, Noah, this puppy is changing me a little bit. <laughs> so I'm not saying I wouldn't be a pirate, but. I, you know, it is tough to square having a puppy mm. and imagining myself on a boat. Yeah. You know, not saying that there wasn't pups on the boats, but their mouths to feed, you know, yeah. that are human and not animal. Yeah. I don't know. True. I don't know how well a dog would fare. Yeah. On the open sea. True. I don't know how, how well I'd be able to be away from him. Mm. So mm. I'm feeling different now. Whoa. Well, I don't know if I've changed my mind yet. No, but it's, it's a, it's an added factor. Yeah. I, you know, I imagine if you asked me this question and I had a kid, I'd feel very differently. I'm sure. Yeah. We'd be growing and changing on this pod, you know? Oh, I'll never wow. change. Uh, wow. Um, next question. That's what you're good for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have any tattoos? No. Do you want any tattoos? I I can't decide. And I think that means maybe not mm. right now. I get that. Can I share something crazy? Yes. Real quick. Um, so this has been kind of a tough week because my... My grandfather just passed away. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I appreciate it. He was he was sick for a little bit, and you know, and, and finally he he did did pass away. Um, my mom has also had a bit of a tough week. This was her last surviving parent, oh, so no. she has lost both of her parents now. And she, my mom, fell for a scam this week, and she's going through a breakup, and oh, no. she's got a lot of work, go, you know, stress going on. And you know, my brother's living with her. Like my mom's got a lot going on in her yeah. life. So yesterday. <laughs> My mom got a tattoo. Whoa. Wow. Mind you, my father also recently got a tattoo. They're divorced. 
Mm-hmm. My dad got like, you know, it's not small, but it's not big, like on his arm. It's a treble class that goes into an anchor because mm. um, he likes sailing and he likes music. Okay, cool. That makes sense. Yeah. That, make, that, that makes sense. My mom is in theater. She's like a drama Aww. teacher around schools and she's always wanted a, a comedy tragedy mask. Mm. I think that it's wonderful that she got a tattoo. I think the art of that tattoo is is nice. It is just massive. <laughs> my mom got a big ass tattoo and I'm oh, proud of her. Oh my God. Like my mom is a big personality. Like, so okay, of course awesome. she's going to do it big. Yeah. I imagine she walked into the t- t- tattoo parlor and she's just like, give it, give me the arm. I want a sleeve. Oh my God. You know? Wow. But you guys have to, yeah, I need have to, see, to a see this. Oh, well, that is huge. That is bigger than I would expect it to be. Oh my God. Wow. She's got that's a big tattoo. Very large. I but I respect it. Yeah, that's my, awesome. I respect my mom's ability to live her life big, yeah. you know? Like, my brother and I both were just sort of like, I can't believe she did this. <laughs> yeah. But fuck if it's not completely on brand for yeah. her, you know? I'm like, at this point, beyond any kind of judgment for my mom and just pure awe <laughs> of just how zany she is yeah. or how unique she is yeah, eccentric that's you know? awesome anyway i just had to share on the tattoo that's questions so awesome. that my mom and also she was like i'm thinking about getting a tattoo and ray and i my brother and i just like kind of accidentally didn't respond to the text <laughs> so we we lost our opportunity oh, to like have any kind of like you know yeah. conversation around it it's so funny we didn't think she was really gonna do it right you know? yeah that's crazy so Mom, funny. if you're listening, we support the tattoo. Yes, good work. You had a tough week. It's Whatever awesome. brings you happiness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, that. next question. What was the first concert you ever attended? Hmm. I think that it was One Direction. Hell nice. yeah. Good stuff. In sixth grade. That never got And Five Seconds of yeah. Summer opened for them. What? Yeah. That's it was awesome. awesome. Yeah, I was a huge directioner. And my friend in middle school gave me free tickets and i was like nice. oh my god i love what direction and it was the best time ever about my sister um and some friends do you like harry's new record i love it it's so good i love it so much and it's all i've been listening to oh yeah it's so good do you have a favorite song yeah little freak little freak's mine little it's freak is a good so one. I mean, good the, the, and the and like of course matilda so yeah those are my two favorite i think and of course sure. those are like the two saddest ones. of course <laughs> yeah that's very on brand daylight daylight is just like so fun mm. and like indie rock vibes it's yeah just, like i love the, the groove of that one he's so good i want to shout out brass tracks playing on the sushi restaurant that's brass tracks yeah those horns that's ivan that's ivan on music for a sushi restaurant yeah what i mean he was on the lot he was on fine line i didn't know that he was on the last record i didn't I didn't know he was on. He played with Harry at on SNL. What? Yeah, I'm learning so much today. Oh yeah, Brass Jacks played on our last song. Oh, yeah. sick! Yeah. Huh. That's so awesome. That's so, yeah, good for Ivan. I didn't yeah. know these That's things. That's so funny. That's anyway, sick. Yeah. Go Ivan. Go um, Ivan. Next question. How often his voice gets that high? Uh. What? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> um, do you have a scar with a story? I don't think I do. Like an yeah. actual scar? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Have you been hurt before? I don't think so. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Like not enough to where it has lasted. No surgery, no. Unscathed. Is this the first? It might be be a first there. This is the first. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't have. Protect her at all costs. Oh my God. Yeah, fucking be careful (laughs) out there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. As of now, I'm pretty. I'm like. 
Do you, I'm like walking a scar tissue. Sorry, we're looking at you like an alien. Like we're I looking am. at you like we're like, are you I'm like, like really checking? I don't think I don't think I do though. Did you know that there is a subreddit dedicated like for people who have never broken a bone? And when you finally break a bone, if you admit to it and you own up to it, they basically bully you out of the subreddit. It's like this, it's got this really funny tone of like funny, but also kind of like, like mean tone. Of Can you send like, this to me? Because I've never yeah. broken a bone. Yeah, there you go. You're, I, I used to be a part of that crew. <laughs> I, and now I am no longer. I have fractured oh, wow. my foot, but there's no scar. Yeah, I guess so. I so, sprained, I sprained something, but I've never broken a bone. Yeah. You broke the I shit broken, out of your shoulder. And oh, got that's a scar. That's yeah. truly a scar. For the story, I'm sure. I have like... I fell and never covered the bruise, so it got infected scars. Yeah. Like, I have, you know, all over my my hands and arms, mm. just like... Oh, my favorite is I have a scar on my knee because I fell and I didn't put a Band-Aid on it and it, you know, scabbed over. And then I fell on it again and I didn't put a Band-Aid on it and it scabbed over oh. and then I fell on it again. So I just never... Oh, my <laughs> gosh. No. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. We used to play outside when I was a kid. <laughs> we used to write letters. I used to sub my name. Anyway. What does it sound like Gilbert and Sullivan? When I sang it? Anyway, um, next question. That was awesome. All right. What are three thoughts you have at this very moment? <laughs> oh, my God. Three thoughts. All of a sudden, I've never thought of anything. Okay. <laughs> that um, is the power of this question. I like those glasses that Thank you're you. wearing. And your necklace. Thank you. And I have to pee a little bit. Oh. <laughs> Sadie, I need you to say something nice about me. I, need to say I know, nice why did I yeah. say to you? Oh my God. Because I was like, I can't, I just go, okay, this is my thought process. Actually, <laughs> this is what I was thinking in that moment. I was like, wait, I'm only looking at things I'm seeing in the room. I have to have you a thought. Things, no, and then you have to pee. Oh my God. I'm okay. waiting for a single you know compliment. Well, I had this thought earlier, but it wasn't in the moment. I love your facial hair. Thank you. And your hair. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And, and is that, that what inspired Lion? No, you actually. kind of it resembles like Maine. I appreciate that, and I think that I've kind of felt that as it's sort of come to be. But mm. actually, if you look at, I can show you a photo when we started Sleeping Lion. Um, I actually very different. Noah's hair was longer than me. Yeah. I had very short really? hair. Really? Oh my shaven. gosh! Really? Yeah. I'd um, love to see that. Yeah, and it just kind of like I just slowly. <sighs> Um, gave up yeah, on my life. Actually thinks it's two different people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, I just slowly. This is, what, this is Nate in one of our first photo shoots. Duh. Yeah. That is not you. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, yeah I, I, uh, I, I used to be, yeah, I used to be clean shaven, and then I just slowly gave up on life. And uh, no, it's, it's not, in my mind. <laughs> in my mind, I always kind of looked like this. But then I'd look in the mirror, mm. and oh, you know, so awesome. I was very kind of clean cut. I think because um, I was one worried about what like professional people thought mm. or um, my family thought mm -hmm. or like girls thought. And at a certain point I kind of was like, well, how do I think, you know? Yeah. And, and so um, I, I was telling Noah actually one of my favorite things is the art for Talking Lion when we started, you know, I didn't have a beard. I didn't know I, I could even grow one. Um, so the art for Talking Lion used to be our faces, but you know, no beard. And last season, we literally had the artist add a beard to my face. And something about that was so... That's so awesome. Like, yeah. Well, I appreciate the compliment. No, yeah. I mean um, it. We we actually, we named the band after um, my friend whose last name, the, the engineer 
I was funny. Oh my God, sick. Um, his last name is Leone. And I made a film with him in high school oh. where he was asleep on a desk. So sleeping Leone. Oh my God, that's so creative. So, in a lot of ways, uh, it's it's sort of our equivalent of having our friends on our phone. Is that, mm. you know, my, my friend is in our name, you know? Aww. It's always been very um, a point of inspiration, I think, for, yeah. for, for me to, to have him kind of with us, so to speak. That's awesome. All right, last question. And the last question. What are you looking forward to? <gasps> oh, my gosh. And what are you doing now? Um, <laughs> I mean, short term, I'm about to go see my dad, hang nice. out with my dad, um, like literally right now. And like long term, I'm excited to just like put out music because this is very new for me and I'm just excited to actually like keep doing it and not just have one song out. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're off to a tremendous start and uh, you're meeting all the right people, building a community, performing, mm. and it's just, it's very inspiring. And the art that you've inspired through opening it up to duetting mm. and to bringing people in, I think is very, yeah, very inspiring to us. So it's so nice to finally meet you after know, hearing so about your mutual both friends. Of you. And uh, we hope to hang and write. I know, and yeah, in the we have to, we must. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. This was so awesome. Thanks for being here. We'll talk to you soon. Yay. Cause I We would like to thank Isotope for their support of Talking Lion. We would also like to give a big thank you to Mason Maggio for editing this episode. Thank you for listening and see you next time.